Welcome to Awaken Life Radio, a podcast about being a spiritual being, having a human experience in a world gone mad. Each week, we will discuss how you can heal yourself, cultivate your intuitive superpowers, and be a sacred vessel for planetary healing. I am your host, Narayani Gaya. Narayani here. Welcome to Awaken Light Radio. And I'm just here trying to control my laughter with my friend Angelica Perman so that we can actually record because we just laugh very hard, very often. Hey, Angelica, how you doing over there, girl? Hi, I'm crying with laughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... I invited Angelica, not just because she's one of my favorite sisters that makes me laugh my butt off, but because she's a brilliant healer. And one of the things that I look for in healers is that they're, they're really light and they're really joyful and their heart is open. (laughs) And uh, I feel that with you, Angelica. And I I love sharing joy and laughter. And sometimes we have these late night texts where we just start laughing are these little things we leave each other. And it's just a testament to how, um, how you are holding the frequency of the heart and of love in your work. If you guys see healers that are very serious and very intense and like, like really controlling, like run, just run the other way. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. If you take yourself too seriously, that's not really a great sign. Right, right. There could be a lot of ego. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I take myself seriously, but I really suffer if I'm being really too serious. Yeah. This is like a theme of the week. You know, I was just in Taos and uh, I was hanging out with my friend Nico, hoping to get on one of these podcasts too. And she's a great healer and meditator and just goddess and wisdom keeper and she she and I laughed so much we just laughed we would just sing and start laughing just like this it's so good so if you guys don't laugh okay laugh a lot okay end of podcast bye no just kidding (laughs) just kidding I want to talk about joy and frequency and lightness of being and um You know, sometimes this, here we are, we're going to talk about humor. Sometimes the, like the whole thing about having sense of humor um, in spiritual circles is like, it's a whole nother category of joy and laughter that I found that people who are really serious and who have a lot of like, I don't know, like intensity and trauma that they they can't really get the jokes, you know? Oh yeah. Right. It's just like, here we are laughing at the mystery of the universe and how things are out of our control and how things are showing up and making awkward jokes. And I feel like a teenager with you and just like, we're just being silly and free. But then you see somebody sitting there just like, they're just so stuck in their cycle of of self-pity or thought and they can't laugh. And to make them laugh is like really hard, you know? And sometimes I found as a speaker that I've kind of, I'm like, I've had friends be like, you should be like a stand-up spiritual comedian, you know, but it only comes out when I feel like my really random sense of humor, when I feel like really safe and connected and light in my own being. Yeah. Do you use laughter um, in your therapy as a um, intuitive guide and as a sound healer? Do you use laughter consciously? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to addiction recovery in the rehab that I work at, because people are still kind of effed up from drugs and alcohol. And they're sometimes it's mm-hmm. like they just came from a party. And oh. then the next thing you know, they're in a rehab and the extremes, it's so intense. Mm-hmm. And to make people laugh at the things that they feel most shameful for mm-hmm. gives mm-hmm. them the perspective of non-judgment. Right. I mean, that's always my intention is how can we make this where the other person isn't judging themselves? Right. 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 It's almost like there's this irreverent. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say like this, when I think about my 
the way that my sense of humor comes alive with you and the joy that we share as spiritual sisters is like, it sometimes often is in the irreverence. Oh yeah. Right. Like when we practice channeling. Like when we, yeah. Like when we, when we practice fake channeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, you know, or, the thing is, is when we're doing that, like fake channeling, it's, mm-hmm. we actually are channeling. And mm-hmm. that's the Hayoka medicine, right? The Hayoka mm-hmm. is the sacred clown. Yes. The sacred clown is yeah. the person that looks at life, looks at all the tragedy and shifts it into something that you can actually laugh about. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. in situations like even a funeral where I'm giggling in the back. It's terrible. It's really terrible. Oh, yeah. You know, I've gotten in trouble laughing at ceremonies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. And, and really, the, this time, we're in this place where people are really taking things really seriously, which, I mean, they should. There's a lot of intense things going on. But now, even humor, we can't, we can't just say whatever we want. Irreverent is no longer the flavor of the day for comedy. I love that you brought in the Hayoka medicine. You know, um, for those of you guys who have followed my work, um, you know that I was in a relationship with um, Chief Elkman and I talk about, about him a lot in Awaken Life Radio. And um, I met Angelica the day that I met him. And he really held Hayoka medicine too. And a lot of people in his family held Hayoka medicine. And he taught us about Hayoka, how it was used in Lakota, Dakota, Nakota ceremonies as, you know, like a way to, um, keep people's hearts open, like literally to make sure that you're not taking spirituality too serious, you know, too, too seriously. And it's interesting that our conversation is unfolding around this, but I think it's cool. I think it's helpful. Um, it's almost like I, I, if I tune in and what the message is, it's like, just be happy for happiness sakes, like wake up in the morning and just choose to be happy. Don't think yourself out of joy, but don't ignore your grief either. Can you talk about um, how you support people to like live in that spectrum with your work as a sound healer and, and um, with your readings and all, all the different epic work that you do, how you support people to behold um, on that full spectrum of emotional healing or emotional experiences? I love that. Uh, one of the ways is by connecting with the archetypes within and like we have these sub personalities that come in to uh, really protect us, right? So the class clown, maybe one of them, or or the person that's super uptight, that's just so uptight. And so I had a, a client recently, and I called his sub personality that was super uptight the disgruntled customer, and we laughed so hard because everything is like he's getting bad customer service, you know, and and things that aren't appropriate to that, like, you know, Mm -hmm. in healing, you know, you know, excuse me, but I don't really want to discuss these things because I'm at a really expensive rehab and I want to go lay by the pool and you're Mm -hmm. taking up my time for my suntan, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of energy. And (laughs) he, he just loosened up all Uh of that character of being, so on top of all the little details, really narrow-minded and then self-judging, loosened up by that character. So because, I find a character. Because you named, person. so you name the character. You name oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it's a Saturday Night Live sketch, you know? So well, he'll come in super disgruntled and be like, girl, I have my list of complaints, you know? Mm. And, and then we just laugh about it. And it's all a distraction from the pain, mm. from why the person's really there their grief, their trauma. So that's mm. one of the things I work with is the archetype, the mm. uh, altered ego, the part of us that comes in to rescue us from our pain, from the parts that are shut down mm. from our family of origin and our, in our culture. Right. Mm. And those archetypes, when we think we're that archetype, that's where we get into trouble. Mm-hmm, right? And we really identify with that. So I love what you're saying. You're talking about um, really naming the characters that are playing. And I, I can relate with that um, in the awakening map work and in the coaching work that I do. We do that, but we don't give it a name because I, I used to think about archetypes more as like established tarot card archetypes or these like established archetypes. And there's so much more complex. And I love that you created this modern spontaneous name, you know, for that person's particular archetype. And we, oh yeah. 
we do we do this we play all these roles and um when you can name it like that you start to go okay i can look at it i don't necessarily have to attach of it attach to it if i see it and it opens up that door but it's really cool to hear you explain how you work with people because all of a sudden I see your whole life. Like I see all of how I know you over the last five years, four years. And I'm like, that's just so how you are. Just really bring this light and joy and it creates a real beautiful container of safety. Thank you. And for me, I feel like that's one of the most important things is to create the container of safety for the person that we're giving care to that we're sharing healing with inspiration And how do you do that? Everyone has trust issues. I mean, they barely trust their own self. That's actually the real issue. All the Mm -hmm. trauma and and past story makes it so that they're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I need or want. I have things I wish for, but I don't know if I can get them. I don't know how to listen to the positive still voice inside instead of this negative, dark, you know, inner evil voice that says all the negative bad things like uh, no one will ever know mm-hmm. just this once, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. you can stop tomorrow, mm-hmm. these kind of things. And so I talk about the, the voices in people's heads mm-hmm. and I go, so which one was it? And then I, mm-hmm. I and then they say it and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that one too. And then I go, what about this one? And they go, yeah. I go, how about this one? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's in recovery has heard mm-hmm. that voice. Fuck it. Now, fuck mm-hmm. it could be the most beautiful prayer you could ever have because you're just, mm-hmm. fuck it. It's happy mm-hmm. and whatever. And we're just going to roll with it, mm-hmm. right? Oh, fuck it could be the best prayer because it can mm-hmm. open you up to inspiration, joy, happiness, freedom. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about that part that really wants to end yeah. the pain right. by doing the thing. It's mm-hmm. actually going to hurt us the most. Mm-hmm, fuck it. Mm-hmm. It's Why like bother? a checking out fully. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, every, fuck everything. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. But that could be a whole persona. Mm-hmm. So Bette Midler, there was this, uh, this little movie one time where Bette Midler was doing this lounge lizard act and it was for Dave Letterman and the whole character was Why bother? And she was like in this smoky room and all she would say, she'd smoke her cigarette. She looked like she'd been drinking for 40 years, drinking a martini and she'd go, why bother? Mm -hmm. And that why bother is also fuck it. Mm -hmm. It's the part that gives up. Gives up completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's also the part that laughter can cure Mm -hmm. because it kind of discombobulates your brain from the self judgment. Right. I, used to hear a lot from my mentor she would say if you can keep them laughing you keep them breathing like you take their thing like because when we're doing a lot of transformational work it gets very intense and so she was like yeah just keep them laughing and they'll at least they'll be breathing instead of just you know sometimes you know one of the ways that I understand healing is that two things like either we're out of our own body, we're not present because we're stuck in past experience or because of our, you know, um, all the bypassing or, you know, the addiction is like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here now. Right. It's like, get me out of right. here. And then we're not really, our souls aren't caught up in real time. So our energy is not awfully in our brain, in our body, and we're, we're not conscious so that we're either like out of our body or someone else is on our energy. So that's like the two things that I've understood as an energy mm. healer is like we're either out elsewhere in the timeline or others are out and they're on us. Like we're either stuck in other people's energy a little bit. Like you'll hear it when women are like in a difficult relationship and all they do is just talk about, well, he's like this and he's like that. And he's like that. And it's like, well, what do you feel? What do you need? And it's like, well, he's just such like this. Like, okay, let's bring it off of him and back to you. And that starts to get ground you, right? And like bring you back into your own experience. We around these parts call, have a catchphrase for that. Yeah. Get off his jock. <laughs> All righty then. Right? All righty then. That's really what's happening. You're all in the other person's or get off their grill, right? They're right. all up in their energy. You're tailgating them right. psychically right. of right. all the things they're doing right. wrong. Right. Right. So that coming back in is like that laughter and that breathing helps you really come back into the, um, the presence of your own being in the moment, which is like soul retrieval, you know, Mm -hmm. like counseling, like embodied work, like emotional processing. All of that is part of the grounding that helps you the nervous system and get you into your power, you know, because we want to empower everyone. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's what everybody is really seeking, at least in my private practice. They want to feel empowered and powerful. And power has become, in a way, associated with negative things like, you know, the patriarchal and people having power over others. And, and really being in power is being true to the self. And that's one of the things I always like to talk about is like when I was little, I had an experience of great suffering and I could not stop crying. I was laying on the ground in my room and and on the floor and I couldn't stop crying. And there was a puddle of tears and I felt endless suffering. I felt as though I would never stop crying again. I don't know if I tapped into a vein of a collective and I, I asked to be released of this. I really wanted to die. I wanted to end my own life. And I was only seven. And then I had this vision. It was my first spiritual vision. And it was of the, of the sign was like a sign across my consciousness that said to thy own self be true. Mm. And I said, is that the key to life? Mm. And then I saw the keys to life of, of seeking the self being true to the self that when we're a child and someone takes away our choices and we're in suffering or any time in our life and we have lost, we feel we're, our choices are taken from us. All we truly have left is the self, mm. this being here, mm-hmm. the essence of ourself mm-hmm. and these altered egos of our sub personalities to protect ourselves. They're interesting. They make mm-hmm. a great persona and mm-hmm. they make life fun. The mm. fact that we all have such characters in our life, who doesn't love a character, right? Mm-hmm. But being in the movie as the character and not knowing you're in the movie, that's suffering. If mm-hmm. you're in the movie and you know you're the actor, then you can change your roles and it's super fun. Because choice is, because empowerment is, comes from knowing you have choice. For me, and in like what I'm writing about in my book and how I work with people, empowerment and choice are the same, almost the same exact teaching. Because mm. when we completely acknowledge and understand that we've chosen even spiritually that we're choosing everything, then it becomes really fun because it starts to open up. Even though we think that taking responsibility is like responsibility for what others think, be responsible, young man. But actually... Right responsibility, sacred, like Chief Elkman used to talk about sacred responsibility is like doing what you're, what you're called to do that's between you and sacred source. Like what do you know in your heart is like the path for you? And to get there, we have to clear a lot of the emotional stuff. We have to clear all of those voices and dis, not disassociate because that has a connotation that you're out of your body, but we have to disconnect from identifying with my mother, like when we start to identify them, right? Like all these different influences, like when you think that you're not good enough or it's not safe to express yourself or that nobody wants to hear what you have to say or that life sucks, fuck it anyway, because nothing ever works. Like these things are not your thoughts alone. They've been put on you. They've been they're part of society. And when we start to really understand where we get our energy and our guidance, I think our lives can be really empowered and really changed. I was just talking with someone this morning, a a client I was working with, and um, we were talking about like being alone and like being with people. And like you and I, she's like, well, I think that you and I are both an extrovert and introvert. Like I'm an extra, like our personalities are extroverted, but we're, we both like a lot of quiet personal time too. Yeah. So like, but my personality is definitely an extrovert and she was like, she was an extrovert. She's like, I spent a lot of time alone. I realized I love people and I want to be around people and I don't. And I was like, well, where do you get your energy? And she's like, uh, no, getting my energy from people. I'm like, she's like, I get it from myself. I'm like, well, it's not true. You get your energy from the sun. You get your energy from water. You get your energy from food. You get your energy from sleep. You get your energy from your dog. You get your energy from the flowers. You get your energy from your crystals. You get the energy from, you know, your lover. You get the, like all these things. Like we all understand where you get your energy and what's feeding you. Because when all those voices of shame and hate and self-defeat and control, domination and victim are ruling you're not able to hear those other voices. And, and that takes me to where I wanted to go a little bit today. Ooh, uh, where are we going? We're going, girl. We are going into looking at really hearing the voices of, um, of peace and of 
of truth and of love. Like if you're not those archetypes, you know, if you're not, if he's not playing out the disgruntled customer, <laughs> excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, more water, please, please. We've been waiting. <laughs> right? like, I, I used to have customers. I just have to share this briefly. I had some customers in New York and I used to call them the decaf ladies. And they'd be like, I'll miss more lemon. I'll miss more decaf. I'll miss more decaf, more water, more lemon, more napkins and run me ragged. Right. And I would be like so stressed out. And they would leave I'll you like a dollar. <laughs> and then they go like this. I'll miss more decaf. And your phone number. And I'd be like, what do you want my phone number for? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, because if it's not decaf, I'm going to call you at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then, but I always had this fantasy <laughs> of giving them my phone number, uh-huh. giving them regular coffee, yeah. and then calling me. Hello, it's Myrtle. <laughs> and I go, hi, Myrtle. What do you, what's wrong? <laughs> it wasn't decaf. <laughs> which I say. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And those women would love me, sit in my station and give me a dollar every time. But I learned, I learned, and it became this ongoing thing. They're the decaf ladies, the disgruntled ladies. But I would give them kindness and love Mm because I felt that's actually what they were asking for when they were running me. Right. They wanted my energy, my right, care. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. You know, and how can we bring that into our world when people are triggering us, when we're on the customer service line and we want to pull our hair out? You know, th- that's a great place to practice being mm-hmm. kind and patient and loving to ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, taking the time to be like, how's it going, man? And the person's mm-hmm. telling you how they're doing. And while you're waiting and they have the, evil spin of the the computer that's crashing which often happens when you're like okay they're like excuse me i'm having a computer issue that's a time i make jokes i get to know them i say all kinds of funny off-colored crazy things and then i thank them and you know what they solve a lot of my problems because i'm giving that positive energy and i feel like if we do that that's actually an act of self-love, being kind to other people, caring, loving, more mm-hmm. patient. It actually makes us feel good. We get mm-hmm. off the call from the customer you know, service line for a broken mm-hmm. phone, happy, because yeah. we gave that to somebody else. And then yeah. instead of dreading these mundane little things and dismissing them, oh, no, they make up your life, yeah. especially now. We've got a lot of those things. So why not make it fun? Yeah. My friend... Um, my friend Liz and I call that love activism. Oh, it's yeah. Like we like talk it. about it all the time. Like this morning, I went to, um, you know, I'm in Kansas. I'm on my summer tour. So I'm not in Kansas by the time you guys are hearing this, but I was in Kansas. <laughs> and, um, I are was, you in the future right now talking about how you're not in Kansas? That's you're listening in the timeline. Yeah, you're listening in the future. Um, in the future now, I'm no longer in Kansas. But in the past, in this moment, I was in Kansas. And this morning... I was just paying like my third night, like I had to go down there and I'd, I'd really connected with this lady. And uh, she said, well, if I don't see you, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I'm, I'm here till three. I said, well, I got this, you know, I got this thing I'm doing, our interview. So I got to go. I, you know, I work online. She goes, oh man, I wish I can work online. And I go, you, I go, you can. She goes, oh, really? I said, what, you know, what do you like to do? She goes, anything but this. And I was like, I can help you. I was like, here's my number. I'm like, I'm a life coach, <laughs> like in simple, like in short. And I like gave her my name and number. And she was like, God, out of here, no way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And well, you know, and I walked away. The- and I'm like, this person will never hire me. She works at a hotel. She's my my clients are mostly coaches already, and they, you know, I charge money for my work. I'm not gonna charge this person like $10 an hour, you know, she probably barely makes that, but I want to support her and uplift her. And I hope she calls me. And I feel like my Dharma is not just my job. And that, you know, Mm. be kind and present with people who are open 
when I feel the heart connection, like I did, I just felt like she's just this super cool lady. It just, I don't know. My, I just, you just feel sometimes like you just love someone. You don't even know them. You're like, Oh, I like you. Or I feel you that it really helped me feel like maybe, you know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and, you know, in Awaken Life Radio, we like to talk about service and the path of service and how to step into service. Um, and I think it's much easier for us as extroverts to really be in that joy and be in that like playfulness with public. And, and, but if you're really not feeling whole in yourself and you're not feeling connected or well-sourced, you don't have any energy if you're not feeling empowered. You know, when you feel like you're stuck in victim mindset, you're not, um, you're not able to really show up with that overflow bubbliness. Um, can you speak about um, how you help people really step into um, these new frequencies? Because I know you work with frequency medicine as a sound healer. And I'd like to talk a little bit as we kind of wind up here today about sound healing and frequency. You work a lot with crystals. I mean, you guys will never know, but Angelica's home is like a goddess temple. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank <laughs> and I've, you. I've been there and I know how much you love crystals and have that deep connection. Can you talk about how people can break out of those, those archetypes of those voices through frequency and frequency mm-hmm. medicine? And um, I think that's important and fresh kind of topic for this. Oh, I love it. I just got chills. So it's a yes. Um, I like your question. So yeah, uh, right now mm. we're being inundated constantly by frequencies that we're not aware of, EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, and through all kinds of technology and 5G and all of that. That's what's happening. And then nature has negative ions. So I'm going to get a little sciencey here. Negative has ne- uh, nature has negative ions, which having the negative ions actually releases a lot of that extra charge. So I look at all of us and I talk to people about this, that we're all batteries with a plus and a minus. The plus is our doing, our masculine, our out in the world personalities and all the things we need to do. And we become a human doing. And then the minus is more of our feminine receptivity, nature, grounding, this kind of thing, tears, sweat lodge, things that release the charge. Most of us are not releasing the charge. We are overcharged. We have too much of the plus. And that what happens is we have anxiety, depression. The thoughts start spinning out. We're not breathing deep because we have too much extra energy. So how the frequencies that I worked with and work with are they're specifically geared and sent with intention to release that extra charge, the extra charge of the trauma the past story that's stuck in the cells and the cellular level. So it's also the practitioner. So the practitioner here very mindfully intends that every note, every sound, every word is to uplift the vibration of the other person. And therefore, after they've listened to these things, they feel lighter. So that's always my intention. So that's the the long end of it. And the short end is, That's the long story about how frequencies clear and uplift, especially during these times. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what kind of music you like. Mm -hmm. There are different practitioners that are, you may find someone that's a heavy metal singer that actually has this information. They know what they're doing to, to move out anger by playing certain notes that seem dissident and that just, they don't all have to be peaceful ambient sounds for healing to take place, right? Mm. I like different genres of music and I'm working with different genres of music right now with that same intention Mm. to move out the emotions of the past, to offer Mm. healing through the vocals, through the lyrics and the frequencies that are hand selected and perfectly placed to tell the story so that your brain and your body actually feels the shift, even if you don't know what's happening. Mm. So this week I was in a sound bath and I, and I, one of my clients had never in his life done anything spiritual in his life and never had a sound bath. And within moments he fell asleep out cold and then at the end popped up and goes, Oh my God, what just happened? Where did I go? Holy shit. That was amazing. 
I was a complete non-believer. I feel totally different. I, I feel like I haven't slept in years and that I feel rejuvenated. And, I'm, and he, he kept looking at me like, what have you done to me? Mm. But he had this big smile. He looked 20 years younger in 50 minutes. Amazing. Amazing. I, I tend to be that person who passes out from sound healing. <laughs> um, I have a friend who I'm hoping to get on this podcast, Tara Singh, who's a Kundalini Yoga elder, and he plays gongs. <clears throat> and yeah, just, I mean, the same with the biomap frequency. Like I pass right out. I must have a lot of, because I have a lot of energy. So it helps disperse all that energy. That makes sense. Um, do crystals have negative ions too? Do all crystals have negative ions? I, I believe so. I mean, I don't know scientifically the actual answer to that, but I do know that they resonate on different levels. So mm-hmm. it seems as though each crystal has mm-hmm. a certain frequency or an elemental makeup in the <laughs> element chart that you put certain elements together. Some are more dense, some are lighter. And then whether there's iron or different things in them, that's how they actually, mm-hmm. it's like, that's how they are medicinal. So some crystals are more dense, mm-hmm. so they're great for grounding. Yeah, They're heavier and they yeah. literally make you feel grounded. Yeah. Or others are very lightweight, higher, you know, let's say they're higher frequency in the sense of that they're mm-hmm. not as dense physically, mm-hmm. right? I love me some Amazon, uh, uh, oh my God, I was going to call it Amazonite. That just popped in. I think mm-hmm. I need amethyst. <laughs> That's right. I rent amethyst. Mm-hmm. amethyst. I'm looking at the amethyst, but yeah. I love amethyst yeah. because it's great to help you to sleep, to have it in your bedroom, actually, mm-hmm. and for meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I usually have an amethyst on my altar and um, by my bed when I'm not traveling. It's interesting. I was in. Um, I didn't. T- we haven't talked that much. We haven't talked since I left Malibu about a month ago, but. Um, I, you know, I, was in, I went through Sedona and, you know, I was in Arizona. And when I was in Arizona, I just kept thinking about crystals. I just wanted crystals. And I went and I met this amazing woman who makes gongs. I'd love to get her on the podcast too, actually, who's the only woman who makes gongs in the world. Oh and my God. I'd love she's to like know rainbow. Oh, she's a hypnotherapist and she's this elder and she was like beaming joy. And she had these jade crystals, and I love jade. I just always love jade. Ever since I connected with jade in the um, in Guatemala, and um, and I just put it in my hand. I was like, "Oh my god, I want this one. I want this one." And I just kind of hung out, and I felt in some for a while. We just hung out for a while, and I was feeling something. I ended up buying this beautiful jade, and I kind of left. And then, like a few days later, I was like. I need selenite. I just need selenite. I don't know why I need a selenite. It doesn't have to be big. It, I just don't want to polish. It just needs to be striated. I just need, where's my selenite? I don't want to sell it. And then I made it up to um, Colorado and um, I made a friend up there and he, I told him, I keep thinking about selenite. And he was like, oh, I have selenite in my car for you. And I explained the one that I wanted and it was like exactly what he had. And it's so interesting how crystals call to us like that. Like you think. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that with plants, like I do that with herbs. Ever since I studied herbs, I'm like, uh, and uh, L-campaign. You know, it's just like the word, sometimes the plant will just come into my mind or the vision of the plant or the oil. Um, can you speak about how you cultivated to kind of, because you were like Amazonite, like, can you talk about how you, how you tune in um, people could, because you're psychic, I'm psychic, you're like professional, real psychic. I just have some psychic abilities. But um, can you speak about how you, how people can really tune in more psychically to the crystals um, that they might need if they don't have experience doing that? Yeah, it's it's almost like I'm sure most of you have heard of a pendulum. You know, having a little thing on the chain and the, you mm-hmm. practice the pendulum. What's your yes and what's your no? Your body actually is a pendulum. That's and right. I was just saying that a few hours ago. Yeah. I bet. So yeah. really. Really? For me, it's, 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 I have different aspects of intuition that are very developed. Like I'm clairaudient, so I hear mm-hmm. it. I'm clairvoyant, I see it. I'm clairsentient, I feel it. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are more like in their gut, they feel things. So this is a mm-hmm. great place to practice. And you literally just tune in and ask, what will make me feel more grounded? What do I need? And especially if you're in a crystal store and see if something gets your eye 
because they pop out. Like when I go to a crystal store or a crystal gallery, it's dangerous. They're like, hi, girl. They're like running over. They want to put themselves in my purse. I'm like, no, no, no. I have to pay for you. They're like, we're going with you. Not that I'm a shoplifter, but I know they really, really, (laughs) that would be bad karma, stealing crystals away. (laughs) Don't do that at home. (laughs) It's really that feeling. No, I get it. I get it. And I can feel that. It's like what grabs your eye and then holding it. And mm-hmm. seeing how it feels. If it feels weird, then you're like, oh, it just looked pretty. It's not right for me. So that's the simple thing. Does it feel good to me when I'm holding it? But, and yes, yay. Thank you. And I want to tell you what happened when I held this one in Sedona at the outdoor oh. fair. So I was like, the jade are so beautiful. And I picked it up and it was like, it was like, it had a lot of people's energy on it. I could feel yeah. it right away. And I was just like holding it. And I, but I knew it was just other people's energy. And I knew somehow that if I held it, that my energy would get in it and I could feel it from my connection with it. I didn't have to like go and put it under the full moon and come back or anything, although that's fun and wonderful way to clean crystals. Um, but And I was like kind of turning it and holding it. And uh, and uh, I was holding it and turning it. And she go, I said, yeah, I'm just, there's a lot of energy. I'm just doing, I'm just like, vibing with it she goes oh yeah you're kind of clearing it doing your thing I'm like no I'm I'm just holding it and letting my energy like connect with it underneath you know and because I right. work a lot with my hands I could do that I don't mind like I was a massage therapist for 20 years so I'm just like I don't I'm not afraid to like touch bad energy and like move it out of the way you know but that was interesting because it wasn't that it didn't feel good it was just it needed a little cleansing so that that might happen to you guys in store I think that's a really good point, actually. And I've experienced that many times with with crystals. And, you know, the the main thing is they're a mineral and they're alive. They have a consciousness. So when you tune into them, just as you would with a plant or a pet of any kind, any kind of animal, anything in nature, it has consciousness. And by you connecting with the consciousness of it and seeing if you get a message, see if you feel lighter holding this, see if you feel happier, see if you know, when you put it down, how do you feel now? So I ask people to have things in different hands, one right. in the right, one in the left, and see if, if one feels better to them. And eventually, you might end up being like me. Oh, you got a beautiful crystal right there. This is, is that the, the date? That's yeah. it? You know, where eventually you might be like, oh, my God, everywhere I go, crystals want to come home with me. And yeah. we call those rock people, you know, the yeah. people that wherever they go, their car weighs a ton when they're driving <laughs> over their, their, their driveway, you know, and yeah, I have right. a lot of beautiful rocks from all these places that I've traveled yeah. around. And I want to share this one. You won't see it audience, but I'm showing Narayani and it's called, uh, Antara crystal. Antara's Antar. Yeah. Antara's. Mm. They look like glass. They do not really look like a crystal, but they're only Mm -hmm. in a few places in the whole world by Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. If you can get an, it's an Andara. Oh my God. It's Andara crystal. Uh uh I I believe that's what they call them. Very rare. It's red. It's like a ruby. So this one is like a soulmate one. They come in all these bright colors like magenta and turquoise. So they don't even look real. And that's their Mm -hmm. natural their natural energy and this one was gifted to me by someone and before i went to see them i had the vision of the red crystal and they Mm. gave me three color choices when i got there and i wanted them all they Mm. were all beautiful but when i saw it i'd already had the intuition that the red Mm. one wanted to go home with me i love this way of choosing of of learning because i feel like it's how spirit talks to us and i just developed this thing like similar to this in um, in my training that um, in awakening map where we work with rainbow energy and we started running different colors through our mm-hmm. body. So we'd like run like red. How does red feel today? What does purple make you? And then as a group, we'll like go color by color and we'll just start with like red, you bath, but you can work with like magenta. You can work with any colors that you want and notice like what happens in your body and everyone has a different experience and in the beginning of the path, you know, we tend to use our minds to find natural remedies like, oh, you have a heart issue, get rose, rose quartz right away. Or you have, you know, some kind of story like get this, you know, 
this is for that story right away. Um, but when you tune in with the crystal or the element or the plant or the energy or the color it in the moment and get guidance from that place, it's more authentic than like, oh, you have it. Let me just run the rainbow chakra color chart through your body. Because as I found as a healer and like you, I think I'm all those three clairs too, that um, like when I look at people and I do remote healing, it's like, they don't just have a rainbow. I'm not just the goal just to make them a rainbow chakra chart on their body. Like there's all these other orbs and things that happen in our field at different times and layers and, and light and way that our energy is running. That's unique to everyone. So everyone is unique. And I, I've seen in my community this week, a lot of us working with like unapologetically really choosing our deep intuitive knowing like, what is most true or most aligned for what you need right in this moment. And so I want to encourage you guys listening to play with stones, play with colors, you know, play with what things feel like in your body, um, you know, and make your own choices. I agree with that because then you're, you're coming from a place of listening to what you need and that light all has frequency, bringing it back to sound. Everything has a measure of frequency. Everything is mathematically measurable and that when we're in homeostasis, our chakras are all spinning in a certain way. We're in perfect health. We're connected. Then we have the full spectrum of colors and the full spectrum of frequencies. When there is something missing, that's when we might need extra. And so someone that's super rooted, they don't need maybe too much red or, or rocks that are going to ground them. They already have that. So to think that everyone needs grounding or everyone needs a certain color is silly. Where someone else, they're way too open and they need rooting so much. And they need like hematite or, you know, these grounding crystals, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. keep them on the earth. Which, by the way, when I moved to Los Angeles, I had PTSD. I got some healing from uh, this beautiful school that uh, taught acupuncturists. And they taught me to tape crystals to the bottom of my feet and put socks on to sleep to keep me in my body. And it, boy, did that help. I'm telling you. And, of course, birthing. I believe it. And that said, you guys and gals who are listening and everyone in between um, and around... um, you know, when you're waking up and you're learning new information and you find a remedy, it's very common that then you want to tell everyone that one remedy and that everyone needs that. Instead, I invite you when you feel inspired to help your family wake up and people you care about, literally ask them what they need and, and assume that they have a knowing, just like the knowing that has awoken in you and ask them what's true for you. And in this way, you are helping break the paradigm of like the, you know, controller and the, you know, colonialized mind. That's like, I know, and you don't know, and I help you, but you can't help me. And you start to empower, mutually empower and walk that path of mutual empowerment. So that just came through. I want to say that. Um, So, okay. So as we wind down here, Angelica, you have some really cool projects that you've been um, involved with. And one of them recently is this book, is it called like the kindness diaries or the I love that. That's not, oh. maybe that's the follow-up. It's called <laughs> Living Kindly. Living Kindly. And you have a whole chapter dedicated to your you and your story, or you wrote a chapter. Tell us about yeah. that. So it's a collection of essays on kindness, and they're bold. So they're not like, ooh, frou-frou, or we're just doing what we think is kind, and it's super boring. And before we, we talked today, before yeah. we did the interview, we were talking about how kindness is boring. You know, why do people think it's boring? And it's because it's not dramatic. Well, what's interesting about this book, there are some really moving and dramatic pieces in there and mm. why we would need kindness during that kind of time in our life. My chapter is called Kind-Hearted, How I Healed My Heartbreak. Mm. And being kind to the self when the voices come in and say, why me? What could have I have done? 
Mm. in a traumatic event of loss, of sudden change, of sudden breakup, out of nowhere for someone that you might think would be your life partner, and then they're gone and you never see them again. That's what happened in my case, mm. never to be heard from again. And so it was a sudden shock, devastating, all the things that you think are going to happen in your mind, you have to, those are ghosts. Those are the things that you never get to live with the person. So in the stages of grief, Mm -hmm. that's part of the grief is all the things Mm -hmm. you thought you were going to do with them. Yes. And that's why I wrote the chapter is I realized I needed to dive deep into my own healing, be kind to myself during this time. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was dark. It was messy. It was intense. I mean, I did everything from shamanic journeys, purging for hours and hours into a bucket to crying on the floor, crying all over the house to going on fun dates with people to anything I could do to try to feel better about myself during that time. Yeah. Because that voice was like, what's wrong with you Mm. that they left you Mm. that you're not worthy of love Mm. the teacher of worthy of love Mm. doesn't deserve love Mm. what what did you do wrong Mm -hmm. why is this happening to you rather than for you right Mm -hmm. and i had i had to face that demon it's a demon it, yeah. it, it's it's a demon of self-destruction actually yeah. that's within all of us yeah. and i think that the healing process of being kind to yourself is so simple but not easy to do it is it is and just to clear up you guys um we were gonna title this podcast like why why kindness matters and i thought and i'm the one who said that's kind of boring it's like and then we started chatting. And I thought, well, why is it boring? Say, why kindness matters? And I think it's because we're addicted to drama. We're oh, addicted yeah. to drama. There's something that happens. It's kind of like, what's that movie on Netflix about like our addiction to our cell phones that came out that like our addiction? Did you see that one where it's, it talks about like our addiction to like a, our next like message, our next email, my next text about my next messenger message? Like, it's endorphins. We were, we, we want to have endorphin endorphic reactions and there's some kind of addiction to um, things that make us feel. It's kind of like, it mm-hmm. reminds me of like this, you know, old parable, which is, you know, God is always talking to you, whether God, God is universe, spirit, angels, creator, however you talk, however you relate with the divine, you know, God is always talking to you. And at first he'll tap you on your shoulder Right. And then like, no, first he'll whip you, he'll whisper in your ear. And then if you don't hear him, he'll tap you on your shoulder. And if you know, you don't feel that he'll like kick you on your ass. Right. And that a lot of us need to have our asses kicked in order to really hear the messages. And that somehow the loudness um, awakens us. And I love the message of kindness because it acknowledges that um, we can stay connected to the sacred and sound healing too is very subtle you know, we can stay connected to the sacred more through the more subtle. In my yoga lineage, we learn the way that you actually quiet the mind is through quieting the breath. So when you see people at yoga studios going, oh, like really, really loud, like who could be the loudest ohm? Like in our school, we're taught you ohm, like <laughs> right in front of your face. Like you guys can see the video, but like, ohm, like it's for you to hear and you to feel you know, and not for you to like scream at somebody because the more subtle and the more quiet your breath and your um, voice, actually the, um, the more quiet the mind and the more refined the mind, the more you can witness all those different energies that aren't, um, that aren't holding you in that kindness and that care. Yeah. I, I think kindness is something that if you look at it this way, be kind because it's good for you because yeah. you will have a frequency of someone that is giving, that is generous, that is accessible, that is loving. And wherever you go, if you bring kindness and you live the beauty way, making everything more beautiful for having been there by being mm. kind, by being gentle, by being playful, your whole entire world 
frequency wise gets lifted. So during mm-hmm. these times when there's mass pain and a lot of things going on that are very intense, I actually think that being kind, being calm, being secure with yourself is actually one of the most powerful things we can do, even if no one knows it. Because yeah. then your note, your frequency that you're putting out is yeah. fear and hysteria. Right. right, right. Yeah, I love that. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Angelica Perman, Global Intuitive Aww. Guide. How can our listeners at Awaken Life Radio follow up with you, sister? Oh, well, my website is angelicaperman.com and then on Instagram, Angelica Perman and the Sound Empress. And the upcoming book is called Living Kindly. It comes out digitally June 8th mm-hmm. everywhere on Amazon. And it was curated by Lee M. Clark and has wonderful other authors. And I just feel like it's a great summer read. I really hope that all of you can consider how to move past drama as the main focus and move into being very calm and secure and kind with yourself and others to uplift the planet. Mm. That's really what I feel. And we call ourselves kindness Avengers. And it's kind of like being a superhero to be Mm -hmm. kind. Kind isn't nice. You may say some things the other person doesn't like, Mm. but it's, compassionate it's being a Mm -hmm. compassionate and caring soul Mm -hmm. for yourself and others that's my soapbox (laughs) amen hallelujah thank you my love thanks so much for being here (laughs) thank you so much thank you love you you too if you enjoyed listening to today's episode and i sure hope you did You can listen to Awaken Life Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To join the conversation, hop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Awakened Life Tribe. You can join us there and share any thoughts, feelings, insights, or questions that you have from listening to Awaken Life Radio, and we can interact and connect more Also, in order to support you in your manifesting journey, you can now access 12 manifesting affirmations, a free gift available now on my website at narayanigaya.com forward slash free dash gift. Thank you again so much for checking out today's episode and we'll see you next time. Namaste. Namaste.